Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. You guys ready to have some fun today? It's going to be good, all right? It's going to be a blast. And I hope you're ready to be challenged because we're reading Romans chapter 13. So chapter 12, 13, these are highly challenging uh, scriptures about how we live. How we live for Jesus and from a center, a heart centered on love. So one of the things I want you to get into your mindset is that God challenges us for good reason. And we had a prophetic word earlier in the service, last service, just privately, that God was going to use the word today to take broad lifestyle thinking and bring it into a narrow life-giving type of thinking, okay? And this person didn't know what I was going to preach, but this is really what God is trying to frame for us, is that a broad sort of worldly mindset about the way we live actually slows us down, burdens us, leads us into all kinds of distractions and all kinds of difficult things in our life. But a narrow lifestyle centered on righteousness, right living before God, is actually light and easy and it's free and it leads to life. And so many times we think, oh my gosh, if I give my life to Jesus or I serve him or live for him, then I'm not, there's all these things I can't do anymore. Rather than, God, when I serve you, I am now free from the burden of all these things that are no good for me. And I get to live this life that is full in the things that are actually good for me and those around me. Amen? So this passage really deals with some stuff around that type of lifestyle, this broad worldly lifestyle, getting more into a narrow kingdom life that produces life. Amen? So let's dive in. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Remember, all of this is centered on love. It comes from a place of love, from a God who is love, and a God who loves order and is, creates order for purpose. Verse 1. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. What? For all authority comes from who? God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Woo! Difficult coming out there, wasn't it? So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against God. Yikes. And what God has instituted. And they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right. One special for you today, right? They will honor you. If you do what's right, they're going to honor you. It's a simple thing. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. (laughs) Does it always feel like that? Come on, authority is sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants 
sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes too. Oh, shoot. For these same reasons, for the government workers need to be paid what they are serving God and what they do. <laughs> Guys will love that. We all love to read that one, right? Give to everyone. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. Love, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we, were, when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarrels and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Come on. It's going to be a fun one, right? We all saddle up. We all ready to go. All right, buckle up. Let's ask for the Holy Spirit to help us all. Lord, we love you today. God, we thank you that you died and, and paid the price for us to be made right with you. And there is no condemnation for any of us who are caught up and found and belong to you, Christ Jesus. We put our hope and trust in you. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you that, God, we are made right by what you have done, not by what we could do. Jesus, we exalt you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and minister to each one of us. Help us to have right thinking. Make our minds renewed by the washing of the word today. That we'll think like you, live like you, and experience the goodness of what you have set in front of us in your perfect will. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name. Help us all today. Let us walk away changed and different and more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the goal, right? To look like Jesus, be like Jesus, live like him. And so this is the challenge, is that we get in alignment. Let's get out of this broad way of thinking. In the beginning of Romans 12, it says, don't think the way the world thinks and the constructs of the world. Put your minds on how the Spirit thinks. Think about what the Spirit thinks about. And that is going to lead you to life. All of that kind of life is love driven. And this whole passage in chapter uh, 13, in the message version, it says, starts off, it says, be a good citizen. I like that. This is really what this is about. 
is you and I being good Jesus citizens. The government and, and the people in our uh, cities and uh, towns and, and neighborhoods, they should be like, oh, a Christian moved into town. A Christian joined my workplace. A Christian is, is, is in my city. They're the best. Why are they the best? Because they're the best citizens. They're just the best. I, that is the kind of testimony that we need. Romans 13.1 says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted? Yikes! Yikes! Look, we have to see authority right. When we see authority wrong, we get really messed up. Because who created authority? God. And everything God created, he said it was good. What? If we see authority wrong or as if it's bad, then we have all kinds of a, 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 follow, a follow-over, a follow-on effect that is really negative about submitting to authority or, or, or obeying authority, honoring authority. All these things get very, very difficult when we see authority as bad. Come on, let's be honest. How many of us struggle with thinking about and seeing authority as bad? But God said authority is good. And if God created authority, then he made it for a purpose. Let's look at verse 4 again. Authorities are God's servants sent for your good. God established all authority. He made it and it was good. And he made it for your good. But what's the truth about authority? The truth is, is that not everybody uses authority for good, right? And so we see people have bad examples of, of how they use authority. And we get hurt by authority. Or we see authority figures hurt other people. They use it for greed, power, control. Right? And then what happens is a lot of times we go, well, I'm not signing up for that again. In the church, out of the church, we have great, well, not great, we have all kinds of examples of people messing it up. And so what happens is, is we do this thing called inductive reasoning where one authority figure hurts me, or a couple do, and then I get this pattern going on in my mind that one authority or two authorities are bad, so now all authority is bad. But if God created it and he said it was good, then we've got to reconcile that. It would be like this. If you sinned one day and you made a mistake, then you take that thinking and you go, well, because I sinned and I made a mistake, then shoot, all humanity must be a mistake. I must be a mistake. But God made you and he said it was good. Uh-oh. So here's the thing. We have to reconcile with what God says is good and what we think is good. Who do you think should win? Well, it goes back in Romans 12. It says, let's think of the way the Spirit thinks. Let's think about this the way God thinks, and then we're gonna, it's going to lead us to life. So we have to align our thinking and see authority the way God sees it as good and for good. It has a purpose. When God makes things, he's a God of order, and he makes things with purpose. And, and, and what is the purpose of authority? What did God make authority to do? What is it for? 
So here's the answer. The short answer is God made authority to create movement. Movement in teams. You can do it. You can, you can go out and do your own thing and go as far as you can all by yourself. You don't need authority. You don't have to boss anybody around. You don't have to bring anybody with you. You can have your own idea and go do it. But you're only going to get as much done as you could do on your own, which is very little. But God created authority to move teams. In government, Team USA, right? And he created government and authority and put it in place so that we could move as a nation. He put it in place for Israel. He put it in place for, he says, all governments I've set up this way. None of them get set up without me. That's kind of amazing. And so God sets this in place for a purpose. And guess what? The biggest purpose is to create order and to keep people from hurting each other. But the greatest purpose of all is to create movement in Team Jesus. Team Jesus, that's the church. Team Jesus, you get a t-shirt, you get saved, you get a t-shirt. It's like, hey, I'm on Team Jesus now. But if you and I see authority wrong and we think authority's bad and we have a hard time and we don't like to submit to authority, then guess what? It's really hard to be on Team Jesus. It's really hard for Team Jesus to move because nobody likes authority. They're like, oh, authority's bad, it's all stupid, I'm not doing that anymore, huh? Is that one guy, he's a joker, and now they're all jokers, and so I'm out. See, you and I, we start to hate authority. We, we anchor down, and we slow down, and we stop movement. Because authority is designed to create movement, especially movement in the kingdom of God. Come on, church. So what's scary about Authority. Authority's scary because it moves things. It's like when you have to teach your teenage kid how to drive. Anybody ever teach your teenage kid how to drive? Or you're a teenager and you're just growing up and you're like driving your parents like, what's wrong? You're like, what's scary is because your kid doesn't know how to drive. And you're moving. And you're not in control. They're driving how fast they want to go, when they want to stop, where they want to go left, right, blinkers or no blinkers. They're just like all over the place, right? And you know, a kid that's learning how to drive, they usually don't start stopping like as soon as you would like them to. They're like, uh, stop, 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 stop. ever do that? And they usually go too fast and they shouldn't go. If well, I grew up in the, in the era where you know, we had these things, they, they, it's called a clutch and then like a gear shifter, you know, stick shift. They say that's a millennial anti-theft device, the st stick shift. Yeah. <laughs> so no millennials ever drive stick shifts. <laughs> so like, I grew up like, you, you know, having, I, I took my test in, you know, five-speed manual, Acura Integra, right? So I'm driving. You know, when you don't know how to use the clutch, you're like grinding the gears. Just get it in there. Some authority figures are like, clutch, I don't need no clutch. All I need is gas. Does it ever work with somebody like that? It's like, who cares? Just grind all the gears. Like, that, that's not wise or loving, right? So there is a healthy, wise, and loving way to lead that does inspire more trust. 
that inspires people to operate and lead and, and lean in with us. It creates more kingdom movement. Authorities can use their, their, their gift or their, their position wrong and create bad movement. And that's no fun either. Right? But us on Team Jesus, we've got to learn how to let go. And do what it says here. It says everyone must submit to governing authorities. Whew. If we see them right, then it's a lot easier for us to submit. Look what Romans 13, 1 in the message says. It says, be a good citizen. All governments are under God insofar as they, uh, there is peace and order. It's God's order. So live responsibly as a citizen. If you're irresponsible to the state, then you're irresponsible with God. Wow. I'd like to be responsible with God's stuff. Being responsible with God's stuff means that I'm a good citizen and I'm submitted. Look at what it says in verse 5. So if you and I are going to be good citizens for Jesus, we have to see authority right, see it as good, fall in love with it, and then we have to also be submitted to it. What? Hard part right here. Verse 5 says, so you must submit to them. Not only to avoid punishment, also to keep a clear conscience. Look at the message. That's why you must live responsibly, not just to avoid punishment, but also because it's the right way to live. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. Okay, so let's be honest. Truth tell time. Right, church? Tell the truth. How many of you, in your heart of hearts, you love? It brings a warm fuzzy to your heart to submit to authority. Just can't believe it. You're just like the first service. It's about everybody's like, oh, submit, okay. Just makes us feel uncomfortable, doesn't it? So, one of the things that's really difficult in this space is to, to navigate is because sometimes authorities are abusive. And we've been harmed by them, like really harmed by them. And I just want you to get this. When Paul is saying this to the Roman church, he's talking to the church of Rome. That is like being spooled up by Nero, who is the worst of all worst, guys. I know that we like, we like to blame Hitler for being really, really bad. He was really, really bad. Nero was just as bad. Maybe worse, okay? These guys are, he's, he's in the class with the worst of the worst, all right? And this guy and all of Rome of that time was brutal, evil. They hated Christians, and Jews hated Christians at this time too. They were being persecuted by everybody. To be a Christian meant you could easily be lit on fire that night on a torch to light the street. You as a person. Crucified. Thrown into the gladiator arena and eaten by lions or killed by you know, gladiators and stuff. There's so many terrible things that they were doing to Christians in this time. And he's saying to them, hey, I'm not saying you submit to all authority when authority is all good. When authority is doing good. He just says all authority is given by God. 
And your job is to be submitted. That's really hard. It's to be a good citizen and live a life of love. And many of these believers, they submitted unto death. Because they submitted to authority, and it meant they said, listen, I'm not going to do the evil thing that you say. I'd love, I'm going to honor the authority, and I, I just cannot do what you're asking me to do. And then they would be put to death. They would ask them to deny Jesus, and they would not do that, and they'd be put to death. Now, see, this is what I'm saying. This is still submission. Because they're not fighting against. They allowed their life to be subject to what the authority figure decided, but they wouldn't participate in sin. So one of the things we never do when we submit to authority is participate in sin. Amen? Okay? But we still have to love authority and separate in our minds here where even though authority figures have done wrong and been bad, that God established authority and it's for good. And that we show up on the scene, we show up love-driven believers that are radicalizing everybody and they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You're just gonna be submitted? You're like, yeah, let's do it. What are you trying to work on right now? Okay, I'm on team Jesus. And so when I'm on team Jesus, I'm also a good citizen who's changing the world around me and I'm serving the world around me for good. I'm bringing love into the space, righteousness into the space. You can't do that if you're not submitted. You don't get to be on the team if you're not submitted. You're out. Whether it's in the government, in the workplace, wherever it is. If you're not submitted, you're out. You're not getting the promotion, you're getting the demotion. Come on. You can be submitted and not submit or succumb to sin. All right. So, three reasons you should be submitted. Here we go. So you don't get punished. That's pretty good, right? You don't get thumped. It's the right way to live as Christ followers. It produces life. It brings kingdom life into the environment everywhere you're at. It gets you to be a part of the team. That's the third reason. To be a part of the kingdom movement, his church. To be a part of moving the greatest love-driven team in the world. To shape the lives of billions of people that are headed for eternity. You get to be a part of that team. Sign me up. Our team is driven by a God who loves order and relationship that only works when we're all submitted to authority. Authority creates movement in teams. Submission allows you to push along with the whole team, all in, all together. Think about this. If we're not submitting, what are we doing? Resisting, rebelling, pushing against got what God established and said was good. Who do you think is the great pusher against what God has made and called good? Um, could it be Satan? <laughs> right? Okay, so you get to wear Team Jesus uniform, Team Jesus, or peel that off and do resistance and wear Team Satan. 
That's the difference between resistance and submission. Language of resistance. Actions of resistance. It's rebellion. If you rebe he says if you rebel against his authority, you're rebelling against God. Yikes! I don't really want to rebel against God. That is just not even in my heart. When Jesus comes in your life, don't you want to just be submitted to him and do what he wants? It's just harder when he puts someone else in charge. Yeah? Like if it was just Jesus, like Jesus, couldn't you just show up? I'll just do you, okay? You're like that would be way easier to put these humans in between us. It's like so much harder because they act dumb, you know, and they make bad decisions and they get frustrated, frustrate me, and they don't do what I want. You know what's crazy is that I even think God leads other people around you to do stuff you don't want. He's wanting to challenge us. Is your heart submitted to me? Because if your heart's submitted to Jesus, you're on team Jesus, it really doesn't matter who you are leading me. I love submission because I love what submission gives me. It gives me the chance to be on the team. I'm like, Lord, I want to see this team go. And it doesn't have to be the way I think. It needs to be what you want. My job is to come in and add value, add love. And I want you to think about your job. So many times our area of concern is so much greater than our actual area of responsibility. What is God saying is your job? He says your job is to love authority, right? Is to be submitted to authority. He says your job is to submit. The authority's job is to lead with love and integrity. God's job is to hold everybody accountable. Do your job. Just do your job. You don't have to do God's job. What we want to do is sort of like do everybody's job. And we get afraid because somebody else is driving the car. We're not in control. And it's not going to turn out the way we want. And maybe they don't lead exactly the way we think they should. And we just get frustrated and afraid. And we start to clamp down and control or remove ourselves. Or we stay on the team and we stay and quit. Or stay and sit. Don't stay and sit. You're heavy. Really hard to drag around. Even if you're 98 pounds, all right? You're still heavy. And 10 people at 98 pounds is 1,000 pounds almost. <laughs> Quick math. I'm a math genius. You'll find out. You can spell like crazy too. <laughs> That's joking. So let's look here. Do your job. Stay in your lane. Let God do his job. God's job is sometimes we want to manage people. We're like, well, I'm not going to do this respect thing. Look at verse 7. Look what it says in verse 7. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Ouch. It's really hard to give respect and honor when you see authority as bad and hate submission. Remember when nobody raised their hand and nobody said they love submission? Can you see how this might be a problem? <laughs> Why is that only funny to me? <laughs> guys take it easy it's gonna be okay this is what we're talking about a broad worldly way of thinking or a kingdom way of thinking that brings life speed effectiveness fruitfulness that's what i want we have to see submission is good and we have to fall in love with it and see that it leads to peace life unity in the body 
It creates momentum when we're all working together. That only happens when we're submitted. We have a heart of submission that isn't there because it's giving up and sitting. It's like, well, I'll be in if you can drag me. It's like, no, I'm in to add value, to create momentum, to make Team Jesus the best it could possibly be. I'm bringing the best attitude full of love. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to honor. And see, when I see authority as good, and it's something that God is doing and trying to move, and I get to come in and be a part of it and submit it and bring my attitude of love and excitement and energy and never be lazy, right? This is Romans 12. And I get to bring enthusiasm serving the Lord into that space. It's easy to respect and give honor. Whether you do leadership the way I think you should or not. It doesn't say respect and honor authority when you do it the way I think. Or the way that I think is respect worthy. It says respect all authority and submit to all authority, period. Because it honors God. So quiet in here. Can't you see how hard it would be if you hate authority, you think authority's bad? You hate submission, you think submission's bad? How hard it would be to do this, give respect and honor? But see, respect and honor give something to the leader above you. Respect and honor give something to the leader below you. Notice this, it doesn't say only respect those who are above you in authority. It says respect and honor all authority. This includes the people that serve under you that you're responsible for. Respect and honor them and the authority that, you, that God has given and entrusted to you and you to entrust to them. It's all directions. Sometimes we think, well, when I'm in power, I get to do whatever I want. Okay, and you also get to stand before Jesus. So I'm gonna like stand over here when you're standing before him, okay? Then I'll go do my turn. <laughs> I won't be close. Fortunately, we have such a loving God. You're going to be okay. But it won't be as awesome as it could be if you do it his way. Amen? Respect and honor comes from really and genuinely falling in love with how God sees authority. How, how he sees it, then we see it the way he sees it, and then we fall in love with submission, and then we... Just go after it. One of the ways we supercharge the environment is by honoring and respecting people in authority. Whether we like it that they're there or not. How you talk about leaders, how you talk about people that are in positions of leadership, especially think about government. You're a good citizen. In democracy, we have so much freedom. And we get so spoiled by all the freedoms because we get a vote all the time. I mean, like all the time, your voice gets to be heard. And then the problem is, is you get people, other people voting people you don't like. And they do stuff you don't like. And then we think it's okay because they do stuff we don't like to disrespect and dishonor them. Especially feel like it's okay if we type it and send it out into the internet. Like, oh yeah, it's totally okay for me to just do whatever I want on the internet. <laughs> if I post it, it's okay. It's like, that's not you? Give respect and honor to those who are in authority, period. That's our job. Our job is to submit. Our job is to give honor and respect. 
And what happens is, is that when I know, or a person who's in authority, who's under you or over you, when they know that you're submitting, you give honor and respect, they go, you're with me. Let's go. It actually increases momentum in the kingdom, especially but it increases momentum in any area where teams are trying to drive together when we start to respect. This is why I always respect officers, because police officers are keeping us safe, man. Whether all the laws are good that they're trying to keep or not, let go, go vote a new law and try to fix that. They're trying to do their job, man. That's important. Can you imagine what our society be like without police officers that aren't corrupt? You want to know? Just go to every, any other country pretty much in the whole world. We are spoiled. We need to honor respect. Our country has lost giving people respect. It's just disrespectful culture. We think because of free freedom or free speech, we just say whatever we want with no consequences. There are real consequences if you say whatever you want. You're going to undermine and disrupt authority, and you're pushing against God, and that's called rebellion. Oh, bummer. <laughs> oh, bummer. So make some shifts, okay? Let's make some shifts in the way we talk about one another. It's why on our staff here at our church, we always honor one another and respect one another by calling each other with our titles. It's like pastor, right? We're not worshiping people in authority. We're respecting them. Worship goes to Jesus alone. Their job is to stay humble. You don't have to manage that. That's between them and the Lord. Your job is to respect and honor. Amen? Let's get that. Let's make a shift. Let's be good citizens that everywhere we go, when we talk to police officers, government officials, they hear something different from us. It comes from love. And let's look here. This is going to be your favorite one. Verse 6. Pay your taxes too. We're going to step back just a little bit. Pay your taxes too for the same reason. For government workers need to be paid. Maybe not as much as they're being paid, but they need to be paid and are serving God in what they do. See, look, I'm not, I'm not dishonoring them. God bless them. Thank you for doing your job. I just want to pay you about 50% less. Okay. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and the government. Government has a job to do. How about we just like thank God for our military? Praise God for the military that keeps us from getting taken over. There are a lot of bad countries out there with bad ways of thinking, living, that, that would in, put us in captivity. We'd be slaves, right? It would be really bad. Thank God. Our, our taxes, whether they're all used for good stuff, man, I tell you what, we give taxes because God established government to help keep order, even in the natural. So let's do that with a good heart with a heart that's ready to give. And we're not cutting and cheating on our taxes. And look, it says this too. It says, <clears throat> um, give to everyone what you owe them. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes, right? Pay your taxes and pay all your debts. But we shouldn't be people that have all these debts racked up and we're, we're just okay with like getting out of them and sidestepping them. Pay your debts. One don't be in debt. <laughs> That's a big thing. But when you borrow somebody's stuff or you owe them something, make it right. If you break their stuff or if you owe them money, don't try to sidestep them or try to get out of it or manipulate, ma manipulate your way out of it. Pay your debts. Good citizens that have integrity 
and live lives of honor. Don't try to get around it. Have you guys ever heard this ridiculous ad on the radio station? And maybe it's on TV, but I don't ever watch TV. <clears throat> we just binge Netflix. So, <laughs> sorry, it's just true. Uh, it says, well, don't let the credit card companies lie to you and trick you into paying off your credit card bill that you spent. Don't let them lie to you because you can totally cheat that system by doing this little program we have. You're like, what? Wait, okay, like, I bought all that stuff. I owe them because I took it from them, and now it's okay for me to cheat them? No. That's not good, guys. Listen, we cannot be that type of Christian. We've got to be Christians that pay our taxes. The city loves us being a part of it because we're not trying to get around it or cheat them or push them around. And we're always paying people that we owe, and we're not running for them. They don't have to track us down. Not beating us up and tracking us down. We give back, we pay back what we owe. To follow Jesus, to be a person of integrity, a person of honor, a person people can trust all the time. To tell the truth and follow through with our word. People should love it that Christians are in their city. People should love it that Unite Church is in this city. Amen? Verse eight, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. For, God, for the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commands, which is like over 600 other commands in, in, in the law, says they're all summed up in this one thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of the law. Look at Romans 10, 4. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Jesus finished the law. And when he finished it, he wrapped it all up into this beautiful little package and it's called love. So awesome. He says, just do this love thing and you'll fulfill all, that's the only requirement left is for you to love people, love them big. If you wanna be a good citizen, you've got to drive it from Christ-centered love. You just gotta dig in there. Look at verse 10, it says, when it says, love those who are wrong to others, in the message, you can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the total sum is love. That's kinda cool. You add up all the laws, 600 and some laws or whatever, you calculate it out, all you math nerds, it spells love, not a number. <laughs> all right. You're like, that doesn't make sense. Fine. <sighs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> Here's a practical application that will make sense to you. Ask the Holy Spirit this before you do something. You're going to respond in a situation. Ask the Holy Spirit, is it loving? Or how do I love in this situation? listen, then do that. That's gonna change a lot of stuff around you. Should I pay my taxes, Lord? Is it loving? He's all like, pay your taxes, <laughs> all right? I think I heard you, Holy Spirit. Maybe I should ask again. No, don't ask again. <laughs> that was the Lord. Should I respond anger? Should I respond, cuss this person out, cheat him, block him off, whatever it is? No, 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 it's always gonna be something about giving, loving, making it right. And look here in verse 11. This is, is all the more urgent. 
we got to do all this stuff. It's all the more urgent to tackle all this stuff and live right as citizens, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for your salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Put on the shining armor of right living. Isn't that beautiful? Put on the shining armor of right living. This is like we're going to step out of this dirty cloth living. Jesus said, you don't have to live that way in Romans 8. He says, you don't have to live in all this sin stuff. You actually are separated from that. You can just live in my righteousness that I purchased for you. How awesome. Think about it like taking off dirty clothes. How many guys love to be in dirty clothes that smell like really bad B.O.? that are nasty and gross, that's the way of the world. That's what you're wearing, is the stank robe. Stank robe. It's gross. It's nasty, and you think, oh, Lord, I don't want to let go of this. This is so awesome. If I, if I live like Jesus, there's all these restrictions, and then I won't smell like a garbage heap. Oh, poor me. Sometimes we think what's bad is good. And we have to, this is why the Bible, like Paul puts it this way, it's like, that stuff is dirty clothes. That stuff is rotten food. Get rid of it. Shed that part of your life. You want to live in the shining armor of light. That's better. Smells better too. You smell better to be around, praise the Lord. And you're going to love the type of life that you have. It's strong. It's armor. It's protected. It, it, It has It radiates. It radiates God's glory. It brings life, protection, all kinds of good things into the environment that you're in. And so God wants you to live that kind of life, but you got to shed this old way of thinking. It's broad, it's wild, it's destructive, and he wants you to have this life that is just beautiful and it's full of good fruit driven from his love. Verse 13 says this, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives. For all to see. Your life is not designed to be hidden. It's designed to be seen. You're like, I'm just going to be this quiet, hidden little Christian. You should be making a statement with your love. Not annoying and overbearing, but loving. A good citizen that just does the right thing. You're like, hey, you know what? I broke that thing and nobody saw it and nobody knew, but I'm going to own it. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to pay my taxes. And I'm going to feel good about it. I'm going to love that I get a chance to be a part of a nation that has all of the benefits that it has. And I'm going to pay them, and I'm going to love it. And I'm going to love authority. I'm going to love to be submitted to it. I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm going to live a decent life for everybody to see it. It's on display. And it says, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Look, there is a lifestyle that is not productive and good for you. It's old, nasty clothes. It's sleeping around with whoever you want. It's having sex with people before you're married. This isn't the lifestyle that God has for us. That's sexual promiscuity. It's not going out to bars and getting drunk all the time and getting all wasted and living a life that's just wild. Or fighting, arguing, stop it. Or being jealous, ladies, right? We just let all that stuff go. I don't need any of that stuff. Jesus, I just want to please you. I want to bring honor to your name. So remove these dark deeds like dirty clothes, 
put on that shining armor. That sin, that clothes, it's heavy. It leads to bondage and death and discouragement. It only weighs you down and slows you down from being a dynamic member on Team Jesus. It's holding you back. It's not good. And it's stinky. It's gross. There's not enough deodorant to put it out. You just got to let it go and walk away from it. Verse 14. And here's where we close. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is beautiful here. Don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. It's going back to the beginning of Romans 12 where it's saying, what you think about is what you're going to live for. You start thinking about the things of the world, you're going to live for the things of the world. If you start stirring up these passions and these evil desires and you're thinking about them all the time, they're just going to start taking you over. But think about the things that bring pleasure and goodness to the Lord. You put that thing in your head. What it is, you're focusing on the presence of the Lord. You're clothing yourself with his presence. God, will you fill me with your presence today? Lord, I want to love what you love. I want to see what you see. I want to love the people you love. I want to be filled with your presence today. Amen, church? This is a high challenge here. A broad way of living or a narrow way of living. A way of living that leads to life, that is set free from all this junk. But it comes at a cost. You and I, we, we have to live strong in his presence, by his grace, by his righteousness. And we've got to just let go of all this condemnation that holds us back, that keeps us from thinking that, that we're dis, disqualified from serving the Lord because of something we've done. That's wrong thinking. That's disruptive, dark, demonic thinking. God's like, run boldly into my throne room because I bought you. I paid for it. My, my love covers all your sin. It's time to lead. It's time to go. But you gotta love what I love. And look at this list. This is the recap from Romans 13. Here it is. Be a good citizen. Love authority. Submit to authority. Fall in love with that. Come on. Live right because it's the right thing to do. Pay your taxes. Uncle Sam. Pay all your debts. Be a man or a woman of integrity. Keep your word. Love big and clothe yourselves in the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Jesus, we need you. We want what you have for us, God. We are asking for your Holy Spirit to pour out on us. God, we want, God, just a miracle to happen in our life for us to become like you today. Lord, that we will fall in love with authority right now. And I want to challenge you, church, to do this. Right now, God, in every place that I've, I'm hurt by authority that's been sinful, hurt me, a bad example, uh, abused me in some way, I right now I, for, I choose to forgive. I choose to let them go. God, I choose to release them. And I forgive those authority figures and break off the power of unforgiveness in my life. God, break bitterness off my life. I repent for bitterness and harboring hatred towards authority figures and hating what you made good. God, and I just repent for that. I ask you to break off all bitterness off my life. We command bitterness to leave us today. Rebellion to leave our hearts. God, forgive us for any rebellious thinking that's happened in our life and for ways that we've cut corners and cheated 
and not paid our debts or our taxes or loved people right, God, from your love, your center of your love, God. And we just repent for that today. And we pray you'd break it all off, all of the consequences of that sin. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you would pour out your love and your mercy and your presence and heal our hearts and heal our lives and our minds and help us to think and see the way you do, Lord, and let our lives be lives that are led from love and righteousness. We put on today that shining armor of light and we let off and we let go of that dirty old cloak of sin and ungodliness. We release it now in Jesus' name. We want to live for you, God. We want your presence. We ask for your presence, Holy Spirit, to come on us today and let us experience you to the fullest and, 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 and all of it you have for us. Teach us how to put your presence on, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.